standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus, episode 457, 457 times that we have counted. I am here to tell you like I see it. All right, so it is July the 19th, and today we're going to do something a little different. I, I know I typically avoid national politics, and for good reason. There's plenty of people that have much larger budgets, much uh, greater time to invest in looking at all those national issues. But really the heart and soul of it is most of the things that directly affect you and I in our everyday life happen locally, whether it's at the city, the school district, or the county. The, The furthest extent really is the state, but with this thing called overreach, abuse, and, uh, well, just the federal government in general, uh, we can't seem to get away from them. We can't seem to ignore them. So today's episode is going to be called, What About Vivek? Or Vivek, Vivek. I don't know. I don't want to mispronounce the name of this guy unintentionally or intentionally. Uh, I, I've heard it both ways. We're going to go with Vivek. Okay. Uh, but before we get there, since I forgot to tell you yesterday, let me remind you that you can like share and subscribe to this program. We are on all the favorite podcatchers. We are on YouTube. Someday I might even get over to rumble and brighty on, but for right now, just not there. And you can follow me on the social medias, right? At according to callous, I am on. Facebook. I've got my own page and a group. I also visit Gab and MeWe from time to time. And occasionally I'll post something on Instagram. Folks, there's only so many hours in the day and I only have so much time I can devote to something for free. So here we go. (laughs) What can I say? Here we go. It is. What about Vivek? And I think his name is correctly pronounced Ron Swamy. And if I'm not right, then someone can feel free to (laughs) correct me. All right. So here we go. I want to say first and foremost, this guy is the epitome of an immigrant that's done well, done right. Followed the American dream. He was born in Ohio to immigrant parents. He's done everything right that I can see, including marrying a surgeon. I mean, come on. Uh, the guy's well off. He's made some good decisions. He's invested well. He's going to fund most of his own campaign on his own. And that alone says a lot about the guy. He's willing to make that kind of investment. Now, the real question is, what does this guy stand for, right? What What does he want to do? Now, he does run on an American or America first platform. So that's interesting. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to withhold the couple of, um, let's call them questions. I might have for the guy or about the guy until the end, but on the surface, this looks like somebody took, uh, Rand Paul, Donald Trump, smashed them together, gave him a much, uh, more natural tan and probably better hair and (laughs) is running them. I mean, the, the guy, Says the right things. Me, a liberty lover, I'm impressed. I like it. Uh, He's a self-made man to some degree. And, you know, he's here and talking about why he loves America and what we can do to make it better. So I'm going to go through 
his 25 policy commitments to take America first further than Trump. And what's most interesting is he doesn't actually ever attack Trump. He goes, yeah, that plus this. So that's interesting because pretty much everybody else that's going to run against Trump is going to be all about he stinks and I'm better. So that's kind of refreshing. Okay, so number one, revive the American national identity. Don't worry, we will revisit that. Use the military, including drones, to secure our southern border. Big check. And affirmative action. Repeal Lyndon Johnson's executive order, 11246. Not sure why it's still there, but so be it. All right. Number three, protect American children, ban addictive social media under age 16, and gender confusion care for minors. Definitely go with you on the second one. The first one's a little iffy, especially at the federal level. But again, and again, we'll, we'll revisit this at the end. Okay. Make political expression a civil right and end unlawful DEI indoctrination. Sounds great. Withhold federal funding to cities that refuse to protect Americans from violent crime. I like it. Not sure why there's federal fund. Uh, okay, wait. I'm going to. I'm going to back up. I'm, I'm going to withhold the critique and the questions I have till the end. I'm sorry. I am sorry. I got to follow my own rules here. Unleash the American economy. Achieve better than 5% GDP growth. Number one, drill frack, burn coal, abandon the climate cult, and unshackle nuclear energy. Sounds good. Put America's back to work. Dismantle Lyndon Johnson's failed great society. Again, sounds great. Incentivize trade schools over hollow college degrees. He's got in here. Sorry, gender studies majors. That's interesting because, you know, I'm not a huge. Well, again, I'm going to check out here. Go back. Back to <laughs> launch the regulatory Reagan 2.0 revolution. Cut 75 percent the headcount amongst U.S. regulators. Sounds great. Limit the U.S. Fed's. This is number five. The U.S. Fed's scope. Stabilize the dollar and nothing more. Okay, so he's talking about the Federal Reserve, that they should have a job, and that job should be stabilize the dollar and do nothing more. They have more than one job, just in case you're wondering. Okay, here we go. Uh, item number three, number one, declare, okay, I'm sorry, item, or er, let's put it this way. Group number three, declare independence from communist China. Number one, hold the Chinese Communist Party accountable for COVID-19 and use all the financial levers. Okay. Achieve semiconductor independence, secure our modern way of life. Okay. Stop Chinese Communist Party affiliates from buying American land. Okay. That's a big check. Use military to annihilate Mexican drug cartels and defend against the opium war. <laughs> okay. Uh, ban U.S. businesses from expanding into China until... The uh, commun Chinese Communist Party stops cheating. Okay, uh, item number four, dismantle managerial bureaucracy. Okay, five points here as well. Shut down toxic government agencies, Department of Education, FBI, IRS, and more, and rebuild from scratch when required. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> End civil service protections for bureaucrats. Eight-year term limits. To, ooh, I love that too. Eliminate federal employee unions. Repeal JFK's executive order 10988. Again, don't know why that's still there, but move 75% of federal employees out of Washington, D.C. and end pro-lazy remote work option. <laughs> Again, sounds wonderful. Cut wasteful expenditures. White House, not individual 
individual agencies will submit budget requests to Congress. Okay, like that too. Good. All right. All right. So item number five, end weaponization of government and financial markets. All right, here we go. Number one, pardon defendants of political or politicized prosecutions, Trump, Mackey, and peaceful January 6th protesters. And as an aside, I think he's got Assange and somebody else on this list, but they're not listed here. In any case, uh, number two, hold Congress accountable for hush money fund. Taxpayers should not subsidize sexual misconduct. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Number three, publish the Jeffrey Epstein client list. Government should not use police power to shield selected elites. Wow. You're cutting for the throat. I'm sorry. I got to stay on focus. Stay focused, Steve. Stay focused. Rescind Biden's ESG rule for retirement funds. Get politics out of the corporate America and capital markets. Sounds lovely. All right. Number five, oppose CBDCs. For those of you that don't know, that is a central bank digital currency. Basically, they create the money and they control it. Oh, fight all plans for digital currency, a dangerous scheme for government to control over our bank accounts. Ding, 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 ding. All right. So now that I've told you what the guy says he wants to do, which I got to say, there's only a couple things there that I would squabble over or quibble over pretty, pretty much dead on. Uh, Maybe he's been taking crib notes from Rand. One could only hope. Uh, Certainly got a little bombastic. Uh, from Trump. That's a good thing, in my opinion. So now I've said all the good things I can say. uh, And I guess I want to say is not one candidate for the presidential election of 2024 that is named himself or herself right now is at all impressive to me. And the Donald, God help him, is the front runner who has got one leg shackled, his arms tied behind his back, and he is still fighting and still dominating the field. Now, I got to tell you, I'm not uber excited about it, but if the Donald is our nominee, number two becomes very, very important, right? His vice president becomes the linchpin, the most important thing. How does this work? Where do we go from here? Well, I could tell you every single one of them, with the exception of this guy, Vivek, looks terrible, sounds terrible. And and I'll I'll put a special aside for DeSantis because he's actually a really, really good governor. Man, I wish he'd stay as governor. But for whatever reason, he thinks he's ready for the big chair. I would hope that he would hang out and wait for 2028, just saying, but. I'm sure uh, his uh, spin masters, his money men are telling him otherwise. And, you know, I I just don't want him to uh, blow up his uh, chances in the future. Maybe that's not the best choice of words. I don't want him to damage himself for further things. Okay, so here we go. Uh, Now, now on to the negative things. And, And negative is me personally having concerns or questions. It is not a reflection on really anything other than my personal reservations. And and to be honest, none of my reservations would say I can't vote for the guy or I can't support the guy. Um, One of the reservations or perhaps not really just one. One of them would probably say, I don't know that I would 
be willing to endorse the guy right off the bat. I, I could be one over. I'll give you that. I, I could change my mind. So, all right. First and foremost, uh, I think personally, the guy's a little bit too much uh, bought into the ideology of America is one thing, right? The proposition nation myth. Now, I don't see that as a terrible thing, and I know that it is preached quite heavily, especially to our immigrant populations, so it's not a terrible thing, and it's not a disqualifying thing, but it does concern me just just a tad, especially when you're talking about an American national identity. I'm not super clear on what that means or where that would go. Uh, Yeah, yeah, raw America and USA, USA. I, I get all that. I really do. But as a Texian, little concern, little concern, but again, not a disqualification because again, this guy is head and shoulders above every other candidate, in my opinion, with the exception of the Donald (laughs) and the Donald's a special case. You can't, you can't ignore him, but we're not going to include him because we're looking for the guy that should be VP. Okay. Uh, On the uh, Unleash American Economy, everything there really sounds quite good. No issues on declaring independence from communist China. Again, not really any issues here. I'm not sure that all of this is the responsibility of the federal government, but understanding where he's coming from and understanding that he's running a presidential campaign. I get it. I get it. Uh, Same thing goes for the dismantle, the managerial bureaucracy. This is actually the most important thing. And I wish Trump would have been able to pull off more. Uh, and if these two were to work together, oh boy, that could make a whole lot of differences. And on the weaponization of government and financial markets, everything there is dead on. I'm not sure that the client list should make <laughs> should make it to the uh, talking points for a presidential election. But, you know, Epstein didn't kill himself. So there's a whole lot of us wondering just what exactly he was hiding. All right. Um. So really, all that sounds really good. And I'm gonna, I want to put a pause here. Especially the pardoning or dropping of any of these prosecutions that are politically motivated. And that's dead on. And the fact that none of the other candidates are willing to talk about this, none of the other candidates will even acknowledge that we essentially have a police state that's abusing their power and locking up political opponents. We're just supposed to ignore that and pretend we're not, not a banana republic. That's very, very concerning. But again, I don't really expect anything more from our elected leadership, such as it is. So Vivek here, he, so he's basically hit the ball out of the park, right? He, he's like a Rand 2.0. He's not quite Rand. Rand wasn't quite Ron, but I'll, I'll take it. I'll, I'll certainly take it. Um, and the little quibbles on policy, man, if that's the least of my worries. Okay. So now, now we get into two nitty gritty things and I'm going to admit that there's going to probably be some blow black blowback on this one. I have a really hard time endorsing somebody that's not a Christian. From what I understand, the guy's Hindu. Okay. Uh, unlike Muslims, I don't have any fear that somebody in his extended family or in his temple is going to want to blow up my house or the one down the street. 
I'm sorry that sounds terrible, but I said it was a fear. I didn't say it was real. I just said it, you know, it's one of those things you got in the back of your head. Of course, one could very much argue that we would indirectly deserve that behavior on us from our own actions overseas. That being said, uh, I I, want to be clear. I don't see Hinduism in the same boat as that, if you will. I just, but I think to the guy's credit, he's been very open. He's talked to the other, you know, people. I mean, he, he understands that at least marginally, we are a very Christian nation and marginally people like the call themselves Christians. So I, I think he's been very smart about that and approaching and working with. So I, I'm not critiquing that. I'm not slamming on the guy. In fact, I would go so far as to say somebody that's honest about what, what their belief is and somebody that's honest about their faith really actually carries a lot of water with me. Unlike pretty much every other candidate that claims to be a Christian, but then disavows or ignores what the Bible says about these various things. So I would much rather have a truthful, honest Hindu. And I got to be honest, even a Muslim, if they're honest, I would almost prefer that than a lying Christian or an atheist. I have, I would, I would put a Hindu before an atheist any day. I would actually put a, devout Muslim before an atheist any day because they at least believe there's a higher power that they have to answer to. They might be the wrong higher power. In my opinion, as a Christian, they may be misled and the Muslims have a deep seated anger, a good number of them for Americans and Christians. And it's not like we have done anything to deal with that. But again, I would still put those before atheists. So don't make this about the fact that Stephen hates on Hindus. No, I have Hindu friends political uh, allies. Uh, I I respect the heck out of somebody that's at least honest about what they believe. And I mean, that might, that might stop me short from doing a full endorsement, but support. Yes. Vote for. Absolutely. Just it's, it's a little thing in the background there, but we got to be honest about it. We got to be upfront about it. Right. I didn't say I can't, didn't say I won't just said it's kind of an issue. It's kind of a tough thing here. But if you're not willing to talk about it, if you want to just pretend it doesn't exist, then you are no better than that lying, lying atheist, lying Christian, right? So that being said, that's up front. Then there is the, the issue, right? The issue that apparently all conservatives get upset. The neocons get all bent on shape. But I think the guy doesn't quite make muster for what is truly a natural born citizen. Mm-hmm. Natural born citizen usually indicates that you must have had both parents that were U.S. citizens and be born in the United States. That's typically what it was. Now, they've scrubbed it, right? It's really hard to find it. I remember going back to the 2020 election and spending a whole lot of time on it back in 2016, spent a whole lot of time on it. They made that disappear. I'm going to guess his fallout from the 2008 election, right? When we had Barack. Hmm. Now, I don't know where that guy was born. I don't think anybody really knows where that guy was born. I don't even know that he knows where he was really born. Frank Marshall Davis might know, but that's a different story. So again, people get hung up on these things, right? They want to know why is it such a big deal? Well, there's a very valid reason for this. And we'll get to it in just a second. To say nothing of the fact that when Ted Cruz ran, um, his mother may or may not have been a U.S. citizen, but he was born in Canada. Now, as much as I love Ted Cruz, 
I have my doubts that he actually meets the criteria of being a natural born citizen. And the current vice president, she shouldn't even be eligible to be vice president, much less president, because I'm fairly certain, yes, she does not meet the criteria of being a natural born citizen. But again, you're not allowed to talk about that. You're not allowed to even look into that because if you do, well, you're a racist, you're a sexist, you're a hater, you're a bigot, whatever, whatever. You know, None of that's true. The whole reason why that exists, the whole reason why it's there is because you would have a conflict of where your loyalties are. So we're, we're going to use this as an example because this kind of sort of happened once before, right? Uh, JFK, his daddy was born here. And apparently his mommy was born here too, but they were directly tied to Ireland. They had family in Ireland. His daddy actually, if I remember correctly, served as an ambassador to Ireland. If I get that wrong, hey, shoot me. But the point being is he might have a conflict and care more about Ireland than another nation because he's supposed to be disinterested. He's supposed to be neutral when dealing with foreign affairs, which is one of the most important jobs of the president. So if a guy's from Pakistan or India, and honestly, I don't remember where his family's from, so just go with me here. He's a Hindu of South Asian descent. Let's go with that. He might have a more interest than your average person in the events going on in the South Asian continent, whether it's India, Pakistan or India, Bangladesh or Nepal or China versus India. And it may be good or bad. This was something that was a really burning concern at the time of the founding. Why they put in the requirement of being a natural born citizen. If you if your parents are from another country, you're going to have a close tie to that country. And it doesn't matter that it's India. It could be Germany. It could be uh, somewhere in Africa, Nigeria, perhaps, or Kenya, maybe. Uh, it, it could be anywhere in Europe. It could be Russia. I mean, don't tell me that isn't a big deal. Or, hey, Poland, right? Ukraine. Is any of this ringing a bell as to why it might be relevant? Hmm? People have familial ties. They have bonds. We can respect those. We encourage that to an extent. But if you're the president of the United States, you're supposed to be able, in theory, to disassociate yourself from that issue. You're supposed to be able to step back and look at it purely objectively and what's best for these United States in this interaction. How do we accomplish this? That's why the rule or the idea of a natural born citizen exists to have a little separation from you, the new person in the United States and your former country. And if you doubt me, look, this would have been a a huge issue in the early 1800s when it came down to France and England, right? So this is nothing new, and definitely there wasn't a quote-unquote racial component to it, which is all anybody's going to hear or think about when I bring this up. But it's directly relevant. Could you imagine, I don't know, back in 1914, if you had a German immigrant running to be the president of the United States? I guess technically it would have been... Yeah, you could run in 1914 for the election in 1916. I think I got the year right. But could you imagine that? You got a German immigrant running? How would that have gone over? You know, they they used to call 
hamburger or they started calling it Salisbury steak, right? They, they changed all sorts of things that were German orientated because of that war. And, and this wasn't even the evil Nazi war. This was just German empire versus the British empire or the Russian empire or the French empire, right? These, these are nationalities all in Europe that are all quote unquote white fighting amongst themselves for control of a continent that we all fled. So please, you need to put your thinking caps on. You need to give me the benefit of the doubt here and give yourself the benefit of the doubt. You have to consider, is this going to be a problem? Is this a concern? Now, it may not be. It may be that, well, you know, his parents came over uh, as children or his parents came over uh, as a result of their mom being pregnant on the way over. I don't know. I don't know enough in the guy's family history. This isn't something that I'm going to spend a lot of time on, but it is a question. I think it's a fair question. Clearly, Kamala Harris couldn't care less about these United States. While we're at it, Joe Biden, who is a national born citizen, actually, I believe, hates these United States based upon his own actions and his own behavior. So just because you're a natural born citizen does not necessarily mean you're going to be a better representative or a better president. But it was a, bo- a baseline requirement for a reason. So I, th- I think it's a fair question. And I don't know. I don't know enough go- about the guy that I, that I want to invest a whole lot of time. But again... This is a quibble. This is a concern. And apparently the general population just doesn't care about these things anymore. They're not concerned. I mean, to put a finer point on it, how would you feel if Victor Orban sent his son over here and 20 years from now, Victor Orban's son was running for president of the United States? Do you think he might have a certain slant, a a certain uh, way of looking at things and how things should be dealt with? Maybe he's pro-Russian, maybe he's not. Maybe he's pro-Austrian, maybe he's not. Maybe he hates Europe because he had to flee from Hungary because the rest of Europe hates Hungary. I don't know. But it's a fair question. What do you what do you think this is really about? That that's the question. I mean, it's super easy to dismiss the question as, well, it's racist. Well, it's super easy to uh dismiss me as being uh, something other than straightforward and honest. But I'm here to tell you, this is actually my favorite candidate. I think he's the best one there. So uh, I want to be honest about that. I, I think I think he's the best candidate, but I have those questions. I've got that underlying concern. The guy doesn't share my faith, and I'm not sure he's no, a natural-born citizen. Now, if I have to overlook those things or if nobody really cares anymore, if we're going to just pretend the Constitution doesn't matter on the natural born citizen thing, okay. I mean, if that's the way it's going to be, that's the way it's going to be. And, you know, the not sharing my faith, man, that's a concern, but not really. I mean, I'm sure that all the fake Christians we've had in the last 50 years were probably worse than a real Hindu. I'm sure the one or two atheists that snuck in that nobody really knows about were probably worse than what we got now. Right. Again, it's a tough spot, but if you want to be honest, if you want to be upfront, if you want to look at the whole picture, you have to be willing to discuss this, but rather than take my word for it, rather than trust me 100%. No, you need to check me. You need to go do your own research. You need to spend some time looking into it yourself. 
I'm here to tell you, I think the guy's the best choice we have right now. I, I, I would be glad to see him as a, the Donald's VP. My own reservations notwithstanding, I think he's a solid guy. I, I think he's got the right ideas. Now, is he enough to help the Donald win? Is he enough to overcome all the other issues that may or may not be in, in play there? Don't know. But I'll tell you what, the guy excites people. The guy's interesting. He's young enough that he, I don't know, he might even not even be Gen X. He might be younger than that. I don't know. But what I will tell you is it's the only candidate of any interest that I have seen. And that's why I've devoted almost 30 minutes to talking about this guy. So you should go check him out. Put your own thoughts out there. Let me know what you think. I'm super easy to get a hold of. According to Callus at att.net or my cell phone, 214-405-1852. Come on. Let me know what you think. And uh, let's get this done. Let's get ourselves a new, better president. (laughs) And we'll go back to the regular scheduled programming tomorrow. Thank you. Have a good night. And I will see you on the other side.